She'd been captured before. Nolan's handlers almost drowned her as she struggled against them. She wanted to die right there, but her hatred for Sermanos was soon replaced by her love for Rovash. The thought of his body being used like this, her thoughts welled up and poured out of her face as she wailed pitifully. I would be the one to kill him. To save my beloved from the fallen one's grasp, I will kill him and then myself to release us both from this torment. Angry tears burned in her eyes. Goblins crowded around Nolan's prone body, busily slathering her with thick red dye. She lay exhausted, staring at nothing as her mind spun her plan around and around. "'Tis more honorable to find the true death than this, even if it means never to be reborn." Nolan's head hurt. For now, she need only renew her energy for the grisly task ahead. In a trail of red silk, the priests came, scattering complaining goblins into the dark recesses of the cave. They picked their queen up off the ground and forced a vile liquid into her mouth. The drug worked quickly. Nolan's sight dimmed, narrowing around the edges of her senses as the red robes carried her body away to their altar. Securing her hands and feet, the priests began the task of cutting their sacred ritual patterns around her arms and thighs and down her raw, injured back. A magical dark powder was rubbed deep into the wounds. The profane symbols were designed to appease the Dragon Lord. The marking of their queen assured her eternal union with their god. Nolan groaned through gritted teeth, not wanting to give them the satisfaction of knowing they caused her such pain until she could endure no longer. The screams of their queen could be heard throughout as they continued their work. When they were finished, a bitter, salty liquid was forced down Nolan's throat to paralyze her into silence while her body healed. Their tiny queen lay shuddering at the bottom of a cage next to the altar for all to see. Torchlight burned brightly through her eyelids. Nolan woke, moving swiftly down a long corridor. She felt like she was floating, but her feet were somewhere carrying her from far beneath. Servants shoved something in her mouth, and she was made to swallow with sweet wine. Nolan found herself in a private chamber where they fed her and doted on her every need. She was so made docile as they fixed her with jewels and a flowing gown that showed off her body markings. Her hair was braided and gilded and wired in gaudy gold flake. 
A lavish gold band encircled her delicate throat. It was jewelry fit for a queen until a leash was hooked into the ring on the back of her neck. Draped with shimmering golden cape across her shoulders, she was now fully prepared for her lord's approval. Nameless servants held her veil and chain as they drove her forward into the auditorium. Nolan was ceremoniously paraded in front of their god as he sat scowling on his throne. This was the same altar where she witnessed followers cutting their own tongues out for him, and the same altar where they caused her such pain. Unable to react to any of this, Nolan was blessed and anointed by the high priest. Her eyes looked down, staring at the blood-stained floor beneath her bare feet. She wanted to run, screaming, but her body only glided along wherever the men directed her. As her lord's eyes coldly watched, cheers went up praising her beauty. Sermanos took the golden chain in his hand and like a pet led her away in a promenade of priests and cultists. After they moved through the gate, the key was given into his hands. The dragon lord quickened his pace to his private quarters to reinforce their union. Nolan ran, stumbling like a painted toy doll trying to keep up. The opportunity to finally be alone with this monster, who took her rovage, was all Nolan desired. She could easily assassinate this pretender with the right tools. This stealer of her one true love. Her eyes darted around, searching for something sharp. But her mind was still feeling muddled by the drugs her handlers had given her. She could hear an echoing voice that sounded like her rovage, but she knew it was not really him. I have waited so long to see you again. Will you desire to be with me, my dear? He spoke in friendly tones. Nolan struggled for lucid thought in the face of his lies. My little queen, I will not see you saddened by your new purpose. You came here with me freely because you love me. He smiled like her beloved. Row, she desperately clamored into his arms to see his face and to look into his true eyes. No, you are not him. She spat in anger as she flung herself back. The touch of his skin burned in her memories, and she cried out in grief for the man she once knew. Please do not leave me, he pleaded dispassionately. He stared at Nolan, thoroughly entertained in watching her struggle. He has become a puppet to the fallen one. She turned away to hide her tears. Nolan's eyes searched the room while she had her back to him. She saw no visible means of escape. The place was windowless and dark. Maybe there's a part of him fighting inside to come back to me, she rationalized. She decided to play along for the moment to buy some time while she thought about her plan to kill both of them. Rovash, we're bound by our love. 
This is so strange to me. I do not know what to think, she said as she turned back around to look at him. He was sitting, leaning forward on his elbows. He looked so sad and vulnerable, all alone in the dim light. Nolan's heart broke as she stared at the scene set before her. Do not think so harshly of me, my love. He looked mournfully at her. We will always be together. That's all that matters. Stay with me, my little queen, he said ever so gently. Some strange fog trance pushed its way into Nolan's mind, and she couldn't escape it. Her head grew heavy as her senses dulled. All I ever wanted was to love you, Rovash. She lifted her arm, letting him take her hand. The dragon lord stood up and led her to the large, lavish bed. Rovash, please help me. Her voice sounded distant in her own ears. The seduction of her will was complete. The dragon lord pushed his queen down and set upon her body for his own pleasure. You know this is not him, Nolan's thoughts echoed as she turned her face into the pillow, enduring the monster's hands upon her. She could not separate this creature with his face and his body from the memory of her love she yearned to have her beloved back in her arms. Just this one time, let it be my Rovash, she cried out in her mind, but she could not remember what her clouded words meant anymore. Crumbling to her grief, Nolan fell helplessly and entirely into the dragon's thrall. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I'm reading for you Tales of Eldalorn. My name is Carly Bon. Today we will hear Chapter 37, Blood Wedding. The Dragon Lord left the she-elf lying on the bed as he pulled on his robes to go, having taken from her what he wanted. Her whimpering tears did not bother him. My little queen, he said smoothly, you've given me more than your tiny mind could ever comprehend. Deep in the dark underbelly of the mountain, the horde grew strong. Goblins were breaking into homes silently, snatching women and girls right out of their beds. The monsters grew emboldened as their numbers multiplied. Burning and tearing down whole villages, they took everyone they could find. Those who were not able to bear their offspring were kept as cattle to be eaten. The giant ogre men of the north were called out of hibernation from their frozen mountain caves. 
They stood taller than a large horse and was just as strong. They had fought for their Lord Zermanos in the past against humanity and elves. Now they rose up again to join their reincarnated master as overseers of the horde. Increasing his forces had begun in earnest, festering in the deep caverns below the mountain. Something has happened to Nolan and my brother, Eglin said anxiously. Too much time is passing. He was standing in front of the hearth where his brother had spent hundreds of years staring into the crackling fire to console himself. It was no comfort today. It seemed like only yesterday they had found each other and a good life. Eglin wanted to hit something in his frustration. Instead, he just turned and mournfully looked at Fiona. She was working on something across the room at Rovash's desk. Human cult or sorcery? How can we know with no wizards or eldars to guide us? EJ paced around in frustration. We are wizards and the only eldars. Elves. Fiona's voice dropped off, preoccupied with what she was doing. Ejlum let out a loud huff and threw himself down in the big chair by the fireplace. I know my words do not help, Fiona said, sadly glancing up at him. We have to seek help with the humans. Darkeen has asked me to send a rider to the capital. Their high king needs to know what is going on here. The alarm bell sounded outside as a rider clattered through the gates, interrupting them. His horse was lathered, and he was moving fast. Report! Fiona shouted out the office door in a sharp voice. She had seen Rovash do this a hundred times. The messenger jumped from his mount before it came to a complete halt and moved swiftly to the office. By the look on his face, the news must not be good, E.J. said. The couple looked at each other, confirming their fears as the man began to speak. The lands have been long vexed by what they believe are true Heisey attacks. There have been many strange lights in the mountain near Etten Fields. Many men and women have gone missing, especially young girls. The messenger trailed off. Is it true what they say? Is it like the old days? Goblins are coming back and breeding Heisey? The young man asked with a worried look on his face. E.J. sat down in a chair by the desk with his hands together, thinking, It may be true what they say. We have a refugee who escaped their underground passage at the end of the valley, Fiona informed the rider. She could see no point in trying to keep this information secret. Did you find any signs or rumors of elves? Fiona looked at him hopefully. They speak stories of the men in the harbor at Otto's Landing past the town of Tethbale. They have an odd ship that sails in and out, but no crew or captain can be seen. They're calling it the ghost ship. I'm sorry, milady. No elves. Thank you for the news, Fiona frowned as the messenger saluted and stomped away to care for his mount. I will see to it that Commander Dawkeen gets this information. She called out as the door closed behind him. You are a strong leader, Ejlum said. 
Thank you for the kind words, E.J., Fiona mumbled. Her mind was on the news. I am only helping Dakin be more organized while he and his men go out among the trees to hit things with their swords. The elves have faded into naked ghosts and still walk the harbor. E.J. clarified what they had heard the riders say. Yes, that's what I was thinking too, Fiona agreed with him. What do you want to do about my brother and Nolan? She has managed to send his blade back, E.J. said firmly. Fiona stiffly looked up into Ejlam's worried face. He must be under some kind of spell. It might be a message of some kind to send his sword to us. E.J. shook his head in confusion. You know he would not willingly be separated from it, E.J. said softly to her. I can believe that, Fiona said, but maybe they just need more time. It was a simple scouting mission, in and out. Why would Roe and Nolan be play-acting for goblins? That just does not make any sense, E.J. said, hitting the top of the table loudly, making her jump. They both had been rationalizing the situation since their interview with Alanareth. They were trying not to look frantic with worry, each for the other's sake. We need to be clear-minded in this. Fiona said, looking down at the desk table that had sadly become hers in Rovash's absence. This tall, dark leader Alanareth spoke of, could that be my brother? E.J. asked, not wanting to hear an answer. Fiona sat frowning sadly at E.J. He knew she could feel his fears. E.J. reeled around back to the hearth, not wanting to believe any of what he suspected. Do you think the tunnel runs through the whole mountain range to the other side? Fiona asked, changing the subject. Like a secret passageway from east to west, he said. Yes, maybe your brother searches for an opening on the other side. That is the only thing that makes any sense to me, Fiona cringed. And my sister, she was obviously captured by the dragon. Rovash would not leave her in their hands. Having two entrances, the goblins can avoid being seen while they... E.J. didn't want to think about the grotesque defilement of women, and possibly even Nolan. He had to believe Rovash would not let that happen. Carry out raids on the countryside, Fiona finished his sentence for him. This is why I am writing to their High King, as Dokeen has requested... We should go to King Elinduil. He would know what is going on in the unseen, E.J. suggested. Roe assured us he was a seer. Lords, not those woodlands again, Fiona feared the forest there, and she did not like the king very much either with his odd behaviors. She closed the inkwell and set the writing aside for later. <sighs> Fiona sighed. We do not even know if he can speak to us again, she said, remembering the skeletal state they last saw him in. Fiona shook her head, but then thought better of it. But I suppose we'll have to try. It is better than waiting here not knowing. Sensing her distress, Ejlam volunteered, I will go alone. You should stay here for the return of my brother and Nolan, 
or to hear word from other runners, it is important to gather this information. He crossed the room to be by her side. We have never been separated since our pledge. I do not know if my heart can stand this. Fiona already felt pain rising in her chest as she clutched her hands together with his. My love, we must master our feelings for one another if we're going to get through this alive. There will be many more trials in the days ahead of us, I'm sure of it. And you and I need to be strong. Fiona's eyes softened to his touch as EJ gently took her hand and pressed it on his chest over his heart. She visibly calmed at the feeling of his strong heartbeat through her fingertips. You are right, she gave him that, and a gentle kiss. The uncertainty of what was coming hung heavy in the air as they walked hand in hand to their private room to rest for the night. The couple was only beginning to understand the horrors that awaited them. This has certainly been one year of funny not funny. And it is certainly not good that a dragon should have so much power over innocent will. Lord Sermanos plans on gathering his minions and swallowing up the whole realm of Angali. Can anyone please stop the madness? And while EJ and Fiona worry about their family time is ticking away mm -hmm.